Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right, here we go. Hour number two. Nick right around the corner, live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd Warriors. Lakers. Steph, LeBron, tonight. Wherever you may be and however you may be watching or listening, thanks for making us part of your day. J-Mac, I'm going to take Warriors tonight. I could have watched the 15-game Warrior King series. I do not believe the Lakers match up particularly well. Even when LeBron gives you 36 minutes, it's spotty. Um, he can't give you 36 minutes like Steph can or Draymond can or Wiggins can of high-end basketball. He's an old man. You get spots. You get a great set. You get a great moment. Uh, so it's going to be very AD-reliant, surrounded by a lot of Austin Reeves, D'Lo, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley. These are average bounce-around-the-league guys. So I think Golden State cleans up in five games. Austin, please don't put Austin Reeves in bounce-around-the-league guy category. Also, take a flyer on Jordan Poole tonight. Steph Curry put in a lot of work on Sunday. Short rest, Jordan Poole at home, motivated after a bad series. Jordan Poole erupts tonight. Okay, so it's been well-documented, the gap between the AFC, which is loaded, and the NFC. So now all the coaching hires are done. All the free agency is done. All the draft, it's over. We know what we have. Now we have to go through OTAs and camps. We'll see how good Jordan Love is. A lot of speculation. Uh, Somebody could get hurt. But this is my post-free agency, post-coaching hire, post-draft, NFC top 10. It's bleak. AFC top 10, much more dynamic tomorrow. Here would be my top 10 teams in the NFC. Number one, and I think there's a gap now, Philadelphia. Uh, Jalen Hurts is locked and loaded. I do worry about losing both coordinators and specifically Shane Steichen. 
But because the culture's so strong, they get a Jalen Carter. They are loaded on both lines, offense and defense. Jalen Carter, to me, was the best player in the draft. They lost some linebackers. I just want to see them without Shane Steichen. The good news, they have an offensive coach, so the drop-off shouldn't be significant. Eagles at one. Niners at two, but they don't have a Jalen Hurts at quarterback. So my guess is they'll be playing in Philadelphia in the postseason. Javon Hargrave, another good defensive lineman. It is a full season with Christian McCaffrey. For the record, they were 12-1 when Christian McCaffrey was in the starting lineup. It's a team that's getting a little old in the tooth. Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams. They may have to make some tweaks after this season, but right now they're two. Got to tell you, I love the Seahawks draft again this year. Best corner, best receiver, maybe the second best running back. They took more off the plate of Geno Smith. So this is a franchise that does not have a lot of holes. Now they feel like they're a little too young to beat an older San Francisco or an older Philadelphia where you have established Pro Bowl level players. But in terms of young talent, I think Seattle has got the best young talent, arguably, in the entire conference. Tip of the cap to John Snyder, the GM, and Pete Carroll, the head coach. Now there's a drop-off. Cowboys at four, but Kellen Moore's gone, and Mike McCarthy calling the plays. I don't love that. I also don't love the fact that, let's be honest here, Brandon Cooks, that's your number two receiver, a little older Stephon Gilmore at corner. I didn't love their draft, although Mozzie Smith should start in the interior of defense. Um, I, I, I just think Kellen Moore is going to cost you a game or two in that division. Very, very clever offensive mind. You're asking Dak to do more now. Tony Pollard off a major injury, and Zeke is gone. That means more throwing for Dak. Without Kellen Moore, the OC, I don't love it. Number five, I'm still a buyer on the Rams, a year removed from the Super Bowl. Folks, when Matt Stafford played last played for an entire season, he threw for over 5,000 yards. Cooper Cup was the number one volume receiver, and Aaron Donald didn't play last year after Thanksgiving, right? Like, they get three stars back. They also had a ton of picks. They had depth. Um, the offensive line got the best guard in the draft and can't have 13 different starting lineups. They just fell apart last year. They've added depth. They had a nice draft. I think they'll return. Listen, in the AFC, they're not a playoff team. In the NFC, I think they will be. Uh, number six, I'm going to go with the Lions. Listen, it's hard to really love the Lions. They screw stuff up. Many people thought they screwed the draft up. But they did. Their first four draft picks are guys that are going to start. So I like that. Um... Jamison Williams, the great receiver, is suspended early. That that little policy, the gambling policy issue. They have a very good offensive line, a quarterback that doesn't move a lot, but can throw the ball to the right spots with Jared Goff. I, I think they're young. I think they're ascending. I think we're getting a tad ahead of ourselves on the Lions. But could they make the playoffs and win a playoff game if they played at home because they'll win their division? I think they will. They could Detroit. Number seven, Vikings. Um, I don't think they upgraded their defense enough. I think that the best move they made in the offseason was hiring Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator. I still think they have average personnel. They were 26 in defense last year. They made Daniel Jones look great twice. 
I do think they've got a smart offensive coach. They add Jordan Addison. The offense will be fine. But I don't doubt their offense much. I know what it is. It's top 10, top 12. I just don't think they did enough to the defense. Number eight, the Giants added a very good tight end, Darren Waller. Still don't love their offensive line. Don't love their receiving core. Um, I think they're going to regress a little bit. Listen, they have enough to put in the top 10. I like Barkley, their defense, and their coach. But I still think they have an average quarterback. Um, Their division, Philadelphia, twice, feels better to me. I think this story is too much Brian Dable and not enough Daniel Jones. I think he's elevating a very average quarterback that's now overpaid. They're at eight. I'll put Green Bay at nine because I like the structure, but I don't know what Jordan Love is. We have no idea. They just signed a contract today that clearly protects the Packers. They lost Aaron, Alan Lazard, Robert Tanyan. Those are nice offensive pieces. I thought their first four draft picks were excellent, but Jordan Love has started one game. I have no idea what I get. And my surprise team in the NFC, you know there's going to be one. It's going to be Carolina. People are not paying attention. Major upgraded coach, Frank Reich from Matt Rule. They added Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Vaughn Bell. They spent some money. They got nice, productive NFL players. I also think Jonathan Mingo was the best player arguably taken in the entire second round, the wide receiver. I think he's a great player. He'll be a pop player as a rookie, and Bryce Young was easily the most stabilizing quarterback. There's going to be a surprise. The Giants surprised people last year. There's going to be a surprise. It's an awful division. I think they now have the best coach in the division. I think Bryce Young starts and is very solid early. That's my shocking team in the NFC. Folks, they don't play in the AFC West. They don't play in the AFC East. The NFC North is a tire fire. People like New Orleans, their coach's record. He's won 30% of his games, Raiders Saints. I'm not going with that team. There's my top 10. Again, the AFC is a whole different ballgame. I mean, I, I think outside of Philadelphia and the Niners, does anybody in the AFC, anybody in the NFC make the AFC? I know, Seattle's talented, but young. Their best players are all kids. J-Mac? Way, way, way too high on the Rams. They are, I mean, their season win total in Vegas right now is seven and a half. So you're irrationally high. You're missing the Saints. Your guy, Derek Carr, no love here. I just looked at their schedule. They play the Colts on the road. They play the Rams on the road. Yeah. The Packers, do you the think, Texans, the Patriots. Do you think, None of those teams are good. Do you think coaching matters? Dennis Allen? They have what? a defensive head coach who in two stops wins 30% of his games. Didn't have a quarterback. But I, so just let the record state the Saints are like a 10-win team in the NFC. Oh, brother. Nick Wright, first things first, he's crushing. He is absolutely crushing. I feel, you know, I, I get it. I think Philadelphia I, is somewhere in the AFC top 10. Niners somewhere. Yeah. I think that's it. I mean, I, I, I mean. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think you got that right. J-Mac took the words out of my mouth on two of the points. You are way too high on the Rams. Like, ridiculously too high on the Rams. I always thought you were a Derek Carr guy, and so you're just abandonment of Derek Carr, and you're blaming it on, oh, the coaching. Dennis Allen is not a good NFL head coach. I agree with you. But you liked Derek Carr with Josh McDaniels, and now all of a sudden coaching's the issue. But here's where you're brilliant. This is where I'll just never be able to be Colin Coward, no matter how long I try. Colin just did a whole, guys, 
Buckle up. My shocking prediction <laughs> is the team that finished 11th in the NFC last year will finish 10th. Oh my goodness gracious. My eyebrows were singed by how hot that take was. They're like the Panthers, look out for the Panthers. I've got them 10th in a 16-team conference. That's not exactly going out on a limb, Cowherd. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why the show continues to rain. I know. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it, you're just, it, you're just the best. It's just I was just, ra- I was wrapped with attention. Like, who's he gonna have there? And then it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, makes sense. Go ahead. Okay, like I, it, people I respect, you being one of them, think the Lakers are a good matchup. But I said yesterday, in the playoffs, you really see this. Um, do you have players that are great at stuff? Draymond's a great defender. Looney's a great rebounder. Gary Payton's a great defender. Steph's a great shooter. Clay's a great spot-up shooter. Kerr's a great situational coach. There's a lot of great. Whereas even, I mean, AD is a great defensive player. LeBron in spurts now is great. But boy, it's a bunch of D'Angelo Russells and Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. I don't see... At LeBron's age, enough great here. I think it's a quick Warriors series. What say you? Quick is it so okay. You've now you've now gone too far. Before <laughs> I even answer this, I must address the elephant in the room, which is Sunday. I'm sitting on my couch. We are not eight minutes removed from Steph Curry figuratively lighting his own beam and dispatching of my beloved Kings. And my phone starts buzzing, and I look down, and it's Colin Cowherd's face on my caller ID. (laughs) And I was so disgusted, I I hit the bleep you button, not answering that, and text him. I'm not emotionally prepared for this conversation. Uh, Listen, Colin and I talk often, but it's not like we talk every day. And that phone call, while he couched it in, I have this amazing take you want to hear, what the phone call actually was about was a victory lap (laughs) because his Warriors beat my Kings. So I am on this show only in protest, only out of my loyalty to (laughs) FS1 and this network. Because you and I are are done personally. This is a professional (laughs) relationship only until the Lakers dispatch of the Warriors, which they will. So let me explain why I disagree with you on this series. First of all, since the All-Star break, the Lakers have the best record in the NBA. Second of all, I I think you, you and I are looking at this differently. You're right. The Warriors have a handful of guys that do individual things well. I am more interested in how many guys do you have that are two-way players. And Peyton, you're right, is an excellent defender, but a zero on offense. Looney is an excellent rebounder, but a zero on everything else. Draymond is one of the best defenders ever and occasionally, at this point in his career, is an offensive asset, but sometimes he just kills your spacing. And then you have Steph, one of the greatest players in the history of the game and offense unto himself. What is most interesting about this series, Colin, is this. It is going to be a culture shock for both teams. So the Lakers are going to have to instantly adjust from going up against the worst shooting team in the playoffs to the best shooting team in the playoffs. How quickly can they adjust? The Warriors are going to have to instantly adjust from going up against the worst defensive team in the playoffs to the best defensive team in the playoffs. But the Lakers' size, strength, and power I think is too much. I also think that 
the Warriors having to go seven games and now this series being every other day is a huge benefit for the Lakers in game one where they steal home court advantage tonight. And I think this series goes with the exact same beats as the Memphis series. The Lakers win game one and go undefeated at home in games three, four, and six. And so I disagree with you on that. I, I give the Warriors credit, but I think it should be noted that in a game where the Kings' best player clearly was not himself with the broken finger, as I told you was going to happen, he couldn't dribble the ball. Once again, they got nothing from Herter. They get nothing from Barnes. They get nothing from D Davion Mitchell. It took one of the greatest games of Steph Curry's life to put that game away. I think the Lakers are the better team. I think they're the more physical team. And I think Anthony Davis coming off the best defensive series of his life is going to be the best player on the court in this series. Well, he's going to be the most impactful player on the court. Steph, I'm not disrespecting what Steph's done. All right, before we get to Philadelphia, Boston, <clears throat> I said earlier, um, I have no problem saying that Steph is one of the most influential players in basketball history, the best point guard the best shooter, the best leader, arguably, in history. Many don't. We can argue top 10, top 15, whatever. But I, but I offered this to the audience. A UFO lands, or somebody that's never seen basketball, and you could do this with art and music, and say, what does basketball look like? And you would say, I'm going to give you seven players, all great, all unique, and it will describe the beauty and the, the majesty of basketball. And they would be Kareem, Jordan, LeBron, Steph, Magic, Bird, and Shaq. And the two big men were different. One was stoic, had a great unstoppable shot. The other was wildly dynamic as a personality, Shaq, and could run the floor in his prime. Those seven, Kobe is just MJ Light. Katie and Dirk play too similarly. I don't know where Steph fits all time, but if you... I don't care if somebody lands off a UFO and you said, describe music. I'd say, here's Beethoven, here's the Beatles, here's Beyonce. I'd give you seven different styles, all unique and great. And it would give you a sense of what music can be. Probably Prince sure. is in there as well. What do you make of this that I don't know how to classify Steph, but he is in a group, the yeah. seven wonders, that I think he has to be included in this group. So I, I agree with you entirely, and I, I took a slightly different tact on this yesterday, which is if, if all of American history were distilled down into one book and the NBA got one page of that book, who are the people who have to be included in order to accurately tell the story of the entire story of the league in one page? And I had those seven guys plus Russ, Russell, Wilt, Dr. J, and Kobe as the 11 most important figures in basketball's history. Steph is unquestionably one of them now. And, the, and when it comes to all-time rankings, here is the hang-up for Steph. So Steph, arguably the greatest teammate ever, inarguably the greatest winner ever, has won at a level that can look eye-to-eye -eye with basically everyone, is within reaching distance of everyone from a winning perspective, except for Russell. So why would some people have problems putting him ahead of Bird or Kobe or Duncan? And the answer is very simple. Steph, for how brilliant he's been, if you look at his career, as far as first-team All-NBAs, as far as top-five MVP finishes, has only had four historic seasons. 
He has four first-team All-NBAs. He has four uh, top-five MVP finishes. For context, Bird had nine. Magic had nine of each. Duncan had... 11 first, 10 first team All NBAs, and a nine a top five MVP finishes. Kobe had, I think, 12 first team All NBAs and 11 top five MVP finishes. So it's really a question of what are you valuing? Because as far as a, a, a totality of great seasons, Steph does not measure up with those people. A lot of people have him jumping. As far as individual impact, he is one of the seven or eight most impactful players I've ever seen. And here's the last wrinkle of it for Steph, Colin. Because he is an offense unto himself just by virtue of existing, because just by having him on the court, you instill a level of panic and in the defense and spacing in your offense that is immensely valuable. If he wants to keep playing into his late 30s, early 40s, he will be able to. He won't be able to get to the basket, won't be able to do all those things, but he will be a valuable player for essentially ever if he wants to, and that's where he can really climb the record books. Um, we could talk about Harden. It does feel like an outlier. He's, he averaged 17 a game and shot 34% against Brooklyn. He just had a great night. There was real clarity with no Embiid. James knew it's me and Maxie. We got to get us past Boston. Whereas Boston late in the game didn't know what the hell to do with Tatum. He had four shots in the quarter. That was one fewer than Malcolm Brogdon. So they were a mess. But it does sure. point to something that you've been on for years. I have liked the mission and the ascension of Boston, but I think we've hit a point. And the point is okay, we probably have a coach who's not as good as last year's coach. Tatum That's now correct. is what he is. I watched old man Harden, old man LeBron against Memphis, old man Steph say, I'm taking the game over. Tatum's last three possessions, last four. Marcus Smart's taking the ball late. Where are we with Boston? Like, I, I oh, do think so, we, we, you got you to shake this thing up if they, don't, if they don't win a title. Don't you? Well, if they don't win this, seri if they don't win this series, there's going to be some very, very difficult questions to answer. They went into last night's game plus 125 to win the title. Almost even money to win the title. We're in round two. They were minus 580 for the series. And that's because there's no Embiid. People don't trust the Sixers, who, by the way, Philadelphia has zero losses this postseason. Even though Embiid's only been healthy for two of the games and only been available for three of them, you would think Philly would get some respect, but set that aside. The Celtics, the question people have to ask themselves is twofold. One is, when is the last time you watched the Celtics and said they look like a championship team? The answer is the game they played against Milwaukee a month ago when they beat them by 40. There has not been a single moment this postseason that the Celtics have looked like the team that they are supposed to be. They struggled with Atlanta, and by the way, that game five at home lost to Atlanta. I said it at the time, and we saw it last night. 
Devastating loss. Not because they were going to lose the series, but because what did that allow? It kicked this series start until Monday instead of starting on Saturday. They would have gotten Philly for two, maybe three games without Embiid, and who knows? Now, they Philly got more rest. Embiid now is probably not going to have to play until Friday. They're in really good shape in that regard because Boston wasn't able to take care of business. The other issue for Boston is this. What is going on with Jalen Brown? He was 6 of 7 in the first quarter. He finished 8 of 10. That means he took three shots the rest of the game. Yep. He also has this cut on his shooting hand that he got from picking up a broken vase. Okay. Also, at the end, in yesterday's press conference, he talked about at the end of the game he wanted to run, but he looked around and his teammates weren't running with him and he needed people to be running with him. He's given two very interesting interviews, one with The Ringer, one with The New York Times, about issues in Boston and clearly being upset about how he is perpetually in trade rumors. I say all that to say this. If they if they win the title, they're gonna he, he's gonna be all NBA probably this year. They give him the supermax, everything's happy. If they lose in round two to a Sixers team that isn't fully whole, I think there are very difficult questions to answer in Boston. And I my guess is the Jalen Brown future becomes one of them. Yeah, no, he'd have a great market. He plays on both ends. He's he still feels like he gets better, a little better every year. Yeah. Nick Wright. First things first, we have now only a professional relationship. I'll have to live with that. No, only. Maybe I'll mention. No, it's only. Men's Colin calls me. He's like, listen to this take. How about <laughs> this? All this stuff. And it's just needling me. It's just about the Warriors beating the Kings. That's all it was about. Well, you tried to pretend it wasn't. It was outrageous. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know right now. Yeah. I am going to FaceTime you and potentially record <laughs> When the Lakers knock out the Warriors, and you're going to be a, a couple vodka sodas deep and very teary-eyed. I know it. <laughs> It'll be more than a couple. Uh, Nick Wright, first things first. Good seeing you, bud. That series See starts ya. tonight, and I can't wait. Yeah, Jalen Brown would have a market. You know where Jalen Brown works? Dallas. That's where he works. He actually defends. Why is he, why is he leaving Boston? If they, lose, if they don't get to the finals, I mean, he just... Wait, wait, wait. He's you're not leaving happy. Boston, the number two seed. You're the clear number two to go play with Luka Doncic, well, who you think is they overrated? Can, they can move you. I'm just saying. There's, I, you know, I'm, I'm throwing things out. Jalen Brown, if the Celtics don't get to the finals, I think he'd be moved. I think you'd have but to I do something the, else. The, the only thing, the only critic critique I've heard is, if he gets all NBA, he's eligible then for the Celtics to make a billion dollars or whatever it is. So he's staying. Now, if he doesn't make All NBA, then he can take a. Re- he'll have to. He, his new max ceiling is lower than and he'll be what it could be, and he would be like, "I'm out. Let me go somewhere else." But you think he wants to go to Dallas? How about Houston? He Who can, wants to go to Houston? Well, other than James Harden, because of the strip clubs. Houston's got a lot of draft picks, a lot of young talent. He would be a reunited with his former head coach, who loves him. Loved oh, him. Oh, Ime, ooh, Imo Doka, yes. So you could, Boston, Boston loves their yeah, draft uh, picks. Okay, if James Harden goes to Houston, you think Jalen Brown's going there with James Harden? Well, no, no, if, you, if Ime had a choice, oh, he, he would. He demands you play defense. Jalen Brown and Ime were great together. It, he left, suddenly Jalen Brown's been unhappy. 
And I, you, I, you could give me, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, Boston. Oh, oh, well, I got a better one. Hey, Celtics, you want Anthony Davis? Give us Jalen Brown. You doing that? No, Jalen Brown's got four more premier years. I'm not, I, I get 70 games from Jalen Brown. Like I've said before, if I'm the Lakers and I get back by the Warriors, I'm moving AD. I because this you're stretch, moving AD regardless, no, title I mean, or no, you're moving him, right? I am moving him. This is a neat twenty game stretch. Twenty six blocks against the Grizzlies. No, this is fantastic. One more herd. The herd streams twenty four hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Hi, it's the herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Great to have you in. All sorts of things rattling around. Lakers, Warriors, game one tonight. Here's J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Mostly because you were just trying to unload... Jalen Brown. We're going to talk about Celtics and uh, Sixers. Okay. Celtics really blew it last night. They had a chance. They were they were ugly in the fourth quarter. Do you see Brogdon shot clock winding down? Turns to pass to a teammate. Just throws it to Maxi, who gets the dunk. I was like, oh. And Boston led in the fourth by like four or five. It really felt like with four minutes to go, Boston's going to hold on and win the game. And it was really yeah. a matter of in the last two to two and a half minutes, Philadelphia getting the ball to their best players. 
and the Celtics getting their ball to second-level players. Marcus, Marcus Smart. Smart. What is he doing? He didn't have a good night. He had six turnovers. Yeah. Well, so it's the like, problem is this happened against the Hawks a week ago, remember? remember? And they had to go to game six, Cousins. Remember I kept telling you the Atlanta series. I'm like, why are these games all five-point games with four minutes to go? Boston's clearly better. Boston's got some issues down the stretch. Al Horford talked about what went wrong. I feel like we started out well offensively and things like that, but uh, I don't think there was an sense of urgency in the defensive end. And beat being out tonight, um, you know, as much as you don't want to uh, say it wasn't a factor, I think it was. Um, you know, and, and, and we have to be better. And we have to understand that we have to be able to, to play with whatever happens, whatever variables. And um, that with our team, I just seen it happen. Uh, you know, uh, for us, for, for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's it's a huge break because now, you know, Embiid, you don't even care until game three or four. I mean, it, 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 that's, that's the advantage. When another player, like when the Warriors were missing Draymond, that was the Kings moment to seize. And the Warriors played their best game, arguably, of the series, and they, and they beat Sacramento. It's like, you, I mean, if, when De'Aaron Fox injured his hand, Game 7, he wasn't the same player. Like, so the Warriors took advantage of their best score being dinged. When Draymond was out with a suspension, Golden State really played flawless basketball. So when Embiid's out, those are the games you can't lose. You have to win those games. That last two and a half minutes was bad, bad now, Celtic basketball. We see this sometimes in the NFL when, like, a quarterback is ruled out and they got to go to the backup. Then the line moves and everybody says, "Oh, they got the backup quarterback." Well, you called this. You and called You got to flip it. Yesterday, I said, "Like, Embiid's out." You go into this, you know, because I'm an athlete and uh, yeah, <laughs> I know in my men's league. <laughs> no, the season's over. New season starts in a few weeks. By the way, we secured. I should say it quietly in case the opponents are watching. Secured two new recruits. Uh, one played in the Pac-12. Is it legal to recruit it's players? It's the offseason. You can do whatever you want. Don't tell them. Pac-12 player. Pac-12. Yeah. I mean, he's not like a star, but he can go. You know, I play with him. Uh, all right, next up. LeBron and Steph are facing off for the fifth time in a playoff series. They matched up four times in the finals. I said this was the new Magic Bird. Okay? And I do think we're going to start hearing about this as the series goes on. Um, the Lakers coach, Darvin Ham, made a bold statement about these two legendary superstars. It's the best rivalry of this generation. Um, you know, Brian, what he was able to do, like going to nine straight finals, and obviously, obviously Steph and those guys, what they were able to do with those four championships, like that's the rivalry, rivalry of the generations, uh, particularly those two players. But, you know, it's again, it's going to be another fun battle. It's weird because Jordan's greatest rivalry was in the East. It wasn't in the West where he would face the Blazers or Utah or, you know, a series of teams they beat trumped, an older Laker team. His big rivalry, frankly, was the Pistons. For years, they couldn't get through them. And then the rest of his career, he didn't really have – I mean, it, 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 like the Lakers weren't his rival. It, it, it's funny when people say, oh, LeBron, Curry owns him. How can, how can LeBron be better than Curry? Go look at the Pistons record against Michael Jordan in the playoffs. Take a, take a gander who had the better record, Pistons or, or Jordan. Take a look, Celtics or Jordan. Like, I know people want to talk about that. Can I give you a, an embarrassing admission? I, I said this on my podcast, uh, so I, I don't mind admitting it here. Do you see what Curry wore to Game 7? You know, the walk-up to the arena. That's like a cool thing. James Harden looked like a goofball last night. Um, so Steph Curry wore this hoodie that said, just simple, trophy hunting. 
on on the like yeah. the, uh, the crest of the hoodie. Nothing on the back. Very clean. So yesterday I went looking for the sweatshirt and the hoodie, and I bought one. Just because I'm a big Steph Curry fan, I thought it looked. Cool. Oh, I love it. Is that super nerdy? Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. It, it just it said trophy hunting and like. That's cool. I think that's awesome. I think Steph Curry's leaning into it. I looked up the business. It's a black-owned business, and like they do some cool things. So I, I bought the hoodie, and I'm like, ah, I paid a little extra that I should have, but I don't know. Does that say anything about me? I asked my wife this last night. You're about winning. This is true. That's right. I, I know enough about you personally. You're competitive. You're about winning, yeah. not personal stats. we got a dad's soccer tournament coming up in two Oh, weeks. good God. Jeez. I'm going to stop talking about sports. All right, final story. <laughs> Anthony Rick. <laughs> Anthony Richardson, uh, he's, um, you know, the Seahawks wanted him, apparently. Uh, He ended up going forward to the Colts. Seattle had a chance to take him, but Pete Carroll admitted they were very interested. We considered him, I mean, shoot, we flew all the way out there to go see him. Yeah. You know, not just to see him, but to be around him and watch him, you know, how he handled himself and in his program and uh, with all the hype that was going. So we, we gave him tremendous consideration. And uh, I mean, he might be the best athlete that's ever been drafted at, at that position, you know. So he's arguably that. And, and uh, so we had to definitely consider that. Well, they got the best corner and the best receiver. So I thought Seattle had a stellar draft. If you go for six, seven years, Seahawk fans will tell you. They were all over the map drafting. In the last two drafts, however they've tweaked it, they have had back-to-back spectacular drafts they went and got in a draft to get the best corner and receiver so you got the two best perimeter players in an increasingly perimeter league i don't know i thought seattle's draft was and i'm not just saying that i ripped it for years i ripped them in their drafts last year they nailed it this year they nailed it with good reason and i'm looking at their picks uh 2019 lj collier no 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 what, what's that guy tcu doing? never worked yeah, out 2017 malcolm mcdowell now he was second round pick but they didn't have a first no. and they whiffed german they had some guard in 2016 no, they, they weren't picking high so they're picking high now i do also want to point out pete carroll during this radio interview said that kenneth walker and your guy zach charbonnet will be battling for the rb1 job now colin we got a lot of things wrong on this show. It's sports predictions are going to be right. wrong. You got it. You were early on Charbonnet before the draft even happened that you liked him a lot. Pete Carroll now says he is going to battle for the starting job week one with Kenneth Walker. Well, and a lot of people criticize that take. If you have Mahomes or Burrow, move off running backs. When you have Daniel Jones, what is that team without Barkley? Yeah. So Geno's better than Daniel Jones, but he's not an elite tier one Burrow. So having two great running backs, I don't have a problem with it at all. Bucky Brooks said last week, Dak needed Zeke and Tony Pollard. Now Zeke's gone and Tony Pollard off an injury. That's more on Dak. That's not good for Dallas with Kellen Moore, the OC, out of the building. So, like, to me, Geno's at his best when you're not asking Geno to throw 38 times. Pete Carroll's saying, I can give both these guys 10 carries, 10 to 12 carries. And so I'm asking, when was Dak at his best? When the Cowboys' O-line was great, Zeke was still elite, Amari Cooper. Since then, if you ask Dak to throw over 35 times, he's got a losing record. So I think Pete's like, listen, we we can win with Geno, but we can't win with Geno throwing 39 times. So let's double down on this good young O-line. They got another receiver. Guys, you can get the ball to. 
hand the ball to or get the ball to quickly, and they can do the work. Interesting theory just hit me while I was listening to you. So the top quarterbacks are getting 50, 45 million a year, right? Yeah. Then there's like Daniel Jones at 39. I think Geno Smith is around 29 million. Is there a case that if that you can have some success with a middle-paid quarterback, Garoppolo-ish, and have a stacked roster around, I think because you you don't have to pull money away from all the other positions. Well, you're not going to win Super Bowls. Mahomes and Brady are going to win them. Elite quarterbacks win Super Bowls. But do I believe like Brock Purdy that you can be a conference championship team? People, there's a big gap between getting to a conference championship and winning the Super Bowl. Those are your two best teams you play all year. Right? So the, those, you say, well, it's just two more wins. No, the Colts with Andrew Luck got to an AFC championship yeah. and then got destroyed and uh, unveiled. Is Seattle good enough to get to the NFC championship? I think they're close. I think they're so, in that space. It's tough to say. I don't can think they they're good enough to beat a Philly and then yeah. a Mahomes. But here's the problem. Like, we a year ago, we would be saying, like, Jalen Hurts, you can't, you can't win a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts. They just got there with him. Like, you put the infrastructure around him. I mean, they were... Wasn't that a, like a one-score game in the fourth quarter? Jalen Hurts, well, like, Jalen also was up for MVP. I don't think Geno's ever going to be in the MVP race. Jalen was. Jalen is... Jalen's done a Josh Allen. It's interesting. Whoa, he's good. Oh, my God, he's great. Like that, he <laughs> Doesn't went, happen a lot. He went second to third year. It's like, oh, I think totally differently about Josh Allen. It's like two guys in the league that did but that. But again, the league is changing so fast. You've got to be up on this stuff. Remember, Todd Gurley, if you, I feel like four years ago, Todd Gurley was like an MVP candidate, and it was like, you got to pay the running backs. Zeke got all this money. Um, now, it, it, things have just shifted rapidly. you got to stay on top of it. Yep, that's why I love the NFL current. J Mac the News. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. As you all know, we're the host of the number one rated show in all the sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Numero uno. Yeah, and we know why millions of people tune in every week. Yeah. They want to hear us talk sports, not... Our idiot guests who think they know more about sports than we do. Yeah, listen to these dummies. You don't know crap about sports. Nothing. Uh, you don't know nothing uh, about football. This is the worst thing Wait, I've ever seen. He's still on the line. Get off the show. Off the show. You don't know basketball. If you want to hear how sports talk should be done, yeah. listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Week four of the USFL kicks off Saturday at 1 Eastern on Fox as the Houston Gamblers take on the Philadelphia Stars. Then Sunday at 6.30 on FS1, the Birmingham Stallions battle the Pittsburgh Maulers. All right, big news. Dylan Brooks, Memphis, Sham Sharon reports. Dylan Brooks, they're getting rid of him. Uh, kind of the cheap shot guy, hit LeBron. Kind of a really poor man's Draymond Green. Draymond's much more important and crucial offensively. Is also uh, kind of the catalyst of their offense when Steph Curry's on or not off the floor, on the floor or not on the floor. Draymond Green plays a lot of roles as a tough guy, an elite defender, a great passer. Uh, you know, Sometimes a bridge between the young and old guys doesn't work with he and Poole. Sometimes it does with he and Kaminga and younger players. So the bottom line is Draymond Green, the heart and soul after Steph Curry of the Warriors, Dylan Brooks, and John Morant both show tendencies to be immature, hot and cold. Dylan Brooks is not much of an offensive player. I do think there are places he works, notably Phoenix, where they need another body. He could be a defender and give KD some nights off on the defensive end of the floor. He's young. He plays a lot of games and minutes. Chris Paul's aging. Chris Paul got hurt last night against Denver. If he's gone for the series, they could get swept. They may win one in Phoenix, but Dylan Brooks to Phoenix makes a lot of sense because he delivers mostly what they don't have, which is a defensive enforcer, youth on the wing, minutes can lock up guys if you have to play a Kawhi or you've got to play an Andrew Wiggins in the West or if you've got to play, you know, somebody within Denver, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Warriors, Sacramento, he can man up on that guy. He's not going to give you much offense, but Memphis, I think smartly so, is looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, what are we? And what we are is a bit of a fraud. Memphis is a bit of a fraud. Sacramento lost a series, not a fraud. Cleveland lost theirs, has to tweak, not a fraud. Denver's clearly not a fraud. A lot of these young teams lose, uh, which happens in the postseason. But when you look at Memphis, 
It feels very shallow, very hollow, very immature. You're not going to get rid of John Morant. He sells too many tickets. He's too dynamic. He is a great scorer. So let's move off Dylan Brooks. Let's grow up. We'll take a little less depth and more maturity. So I think I think that that Lakers series, you know, the the NBA playoffs, I was looking at the numbers this morning. That's when people watch the NBA. And so you can get away with a lot in the regular season, but when all the executives and all the media and all the fans are actually watching in the postseason, we watch NFL all year. It's not that way with baseball. It's not that way with basketball. We watch in the postseason. And you start watching what Dylan Brooks is, and he under-delivers. Memphis, I think, is embarrassed as a franchise, and rightfully so. They're saying to themselves, what are we? Cleveland knows what they are. They need tweaking. Sacramento knows what they are. They're young. They need tweaking. I think Memphis has an identity crisis, and I think this is a really smart move. There's value on the market for a wing defender and enforcer. He does not work with immature Memphis. I think it's a great move by the franchise. He'll find a spot. Hour three next. Fire the grill and fire up the party. Get the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. Go from low and slow on smoke boost mode at 180 degrees all the way to high heat sear at 600 degrees. It's got a full grate sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Food will look as good as it tastes. This grill is hot in 15 minutes and cleanup is easy. You can also add a heavy duty rotisserie or rust resistant griddle insert to up your game. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.